There's an unprecedented number of campaigns to get out the youth vote in this year's election. But two weeks away from polling day, nearly 200,000 people under 30, more than a quarter of that age group, are still not enrolled. This Radio New Zealand Insight asks what's behind the decline and can it be arrested? Um, so have you got a kind of a, an end style in mind? Um, maybe some sort of Bob, maybe like the Julia Gillard Bob, but I don't really want to look like her. So. Oh, like a slightly cooler version? Yeah, a cooler, a cooler yeah, 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 Julia yeah, yeah. Gillard Bob. Okay, sounds good. I like it. Good stuff. Just the you enrolled the button? Yeah. 21-year-old Florence is getting her hair cut at Political Cuts, a pop-up theatrical production where people can come, talk politics and have a coffee and a haircut. Florence is voting in the Epsom electorate, which has been held by the ACT Party since 2005, keeping the party in Parliament, which sparks conversation with hairdresser Jason Muir. Right, so it get, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, obviously, being here, you're the only one that's in um, that I've had in that election. Yeah, yeah. Um, along. Yeah, right. So, what's the story there then? Who have they got running? They've got Political Cuts is just one of a number of initiatives around the country trying to get young people to the polls. The Electoral Commission used the musician Lord to try to convince them. Voting is one of those things that I have weirdly been looking forward to for a long time. Kind of like people who are like, I want to go to a bar for the first time. I'm like, I want to go vote, <laughs> which is kind of weird of me, I guess. But um, yeah, I think... Of those eligible to vote in the 2011 election, just over 40% of those aged between 18 and 29 actually did. That's a drop of 20% in 15 years. And that compares with a rate of just over 70% of people aged over 30 in the last election. The issue was so much on everyone's mind that it was a question from the floor at the press leaders debate in Christchurch in the last week. There will be a lot of young people in the audience and a lot will be first time voters. What can you do to entice them to vote? Well the first thing I would do is say you know, elections are serious matters and in the end it's about the policies that will make a difference to our country. What I can say, if you give your party vote to National, we'll continue the strong and stable leadership. It's a New Zealand that says the internet can take New Zealand to the world. It's a New Zealand that's confident it can win and succeed. And that's what's happening and there's more for us to do, but under us we will do it. And Mr. I say Cameron, that young New Zealander, vote because your vote matters. matters. I'll say to those young people of the tertiary students, we won't build a brighter future by cutting off their student loans in the middle of a postgraduate degree. I'm Megan Whelan from Radio New Zealand's youth-focused website, The Wireless, and along with my colleague Al Hunt, in this insight we'll look at the decline in youth voter participation, what's being done, and what it means for the New Zealand democracy. I guess I feel like there isn't a party that I'm really passionate about that's really kind of convincing me and so I probably will vote, but it'll be sort of a relativist thing where I'm just picking the best party out of a bad lot. I am undecided, yeah. I've got my enrolment form in my bag, but I haven't sent it away yet. But a part of me does believe that voting is not really going to change anything, but the optimist in me still tells me otherwise, so I'm a bit in conflict with myself. <laughs> my issue is that they are pushing for youth to vote, but then they don't give us really any incentive to vote. Yeah. They're just telling us to, and it's like, well, where are we meant to just because you're telling us to? 
New Zealand's turnout figures sit in about the middle of the OECD, so the country isn't doing too badly internationally, but historically has had high turnouts. An associate professor in politics at Auckland University, Jennifer Curtin, says young people have always been less likely to vote, but the recent decline in turnout is more steep for young people than older people. There's the argument that they will eventually turn out to vote, and this is how it just always is, and then once they get they mature, that's defined as paying more tax, having kids, buying a house, those kinds of things. That will lead to it, to them actually ending up turning out. So that's like the lifestyle argument. Then there's the generation argument. Okay, so that could be about a bunch of things to do with the nature of young people's lives. So we know they have a lot less economic security. Um, Their material well-being really impacts on whether or not they feel voting is worthwhile. The low turnout in those under 30 is often blamed on apathetic youngsters, usually with claims about texting and short attention spans. They're often portrayed as more interested in attending a party and having a drink than putting thought into how they're going to vote. But conversations happening on Twitter suggest that many on the social network are frustrated by that perception. Gotta love the idea that we just latch onto parties that are exciting as opposed to ones that are sensible. Guys, I'm just too busy playing games on my cell phone to think about politics for too long. As a young person, I vote according to frequency of memes and text language. Also, graffiti font. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Imagine if baby boomers treated the political expressions of young people with the same legitimacy they give talkback callers. If you're going to make your vote count on September the 20th, you need to be enrolled. A senior lecturer in political science at the University of Canterbury, Bromwood Haywood, says at 18, when people are first asked to vote, life isn't very stable. People are leaving home, studying or in their first jobs, and less likely to be reminded to vote. She says that's a problem because researchers believe that voting is a habit, one best started young. We use the shorthand apathy, but actually none of our research is really showing it's apathy. Uh, They are really serious issues about unemployment, about lack of income, um, about the inability to read. These are really basic issues that actually affect people's ability to vote and their confidence to vote. Because actually getting the confidence to vote is a much bigger thing than you realise. We call it efficacy, but it's that ability to feel like I can have a say and when I vote it will make a difference. Dr Haywood says New Zealand political parties have become dominated by small leadership groups and marketing strategists, ignoring their wider constituencies. She says that makes it harder for people to feel like they have a right to have a say. Often they don't even want to face it themselves. One of the key things we know as researchers that makes people not vote is that secret feeling, I can't make a difference. And there's another feeling about efficacy, which is a feeling that I can't really understand what's going on. Now, to own up to those things to yourself means to actually think, I can't affect my destiny, I can't affect my community. Now, that's actually quite a big thing to think about. When the Wireless and Colmar Brunton surveyed 16 to 30-year-olds around the country last year, 82% said they were planning to vote in this year's election. 15% said no, and 3% said they didn't yet know. My colleague Al Hunt went along to a debate about child poverty at Parliament to ask what issues mattered to young people and why they might not turn up to the polls to vote on them. Arguing against the moot that New Zealand is a great place to be a child, Rowinia Thompson of the Victoria University of Wellington Students Association says she knows most of her generation don't share her enthusiasm about voting. 
honestly, um, I'm really excited for this election. I've never voted before. I'm 19, um, so I wasn't old enough to vote at the last election. I've been really excited to vote. Um, but that's not the same for all young people. Um, I think young people feel very disempowered. Like I said, they know that decision makers don't have their interests at heart. And I think low voter turnout amongst young people actually only fuels that even more. Um, I think young people could actually be a considerable force come this election if they turn out to vote. Um, the reasons that they're not, I think, is because they don't feel a sense of efficacy, like they don't feel that their interests are being looked after and they don't feel like they can change um, their situations or um, government uh, initiatives or government priorities. Rowinia Thompson says young people are more compassionate than older generations give them credit for highlighted by the fact that many have told her that addressing inequality is their biggest concern this election. She doesn't believe the so-called millennial generation is self-interested. I think that's definitely not true, although I could also see why it would be reasonable that young people would be self-interested, because often nobody else has their interests at heart. Her teammate, Wellington City Youth Councillor Bing Ying Lu, says most young people don't bother to turn up to the polls because they think it's either too complicated or ultimately ineffective. She says it's hard to gain understanding of the issues that matter and how voting might affect them. The issues that young people really want to know, it's not debated. Child poverty, jobs, income, to get that awareness around those issues is quite hard and there's nothing there. UNICEF New Zealand Youth Ambassador Ruby Sands believes young people are cynical about politicians' motives and says there is a lack of neutral information about various parties' policies. A lot of young people that I talk to aren't engaged by uh, pre-election promises. They've seen these being broken, they've heard their parents moaning about them and a lot of young people uh, have trouble accessing information around politics. A lot of what's out there is very biased or put out by parties rather than unbiased information that's broken down in a way that's easy to access. Even when there is information there, people say either it's hard to find or overwhelming. I'm not actually very knowledgeable about politics, to be honest. Um, I don't know, I think closer to the time I'll have a chat with my parents and discuss like, the different parties and their different... What's the word? Policies. Yeah, yeah, policies, yeah, and all that stuff. And then I'll make my decision then, but at the moment I am not have no idea. Oh, God, I don't have a clue. You know, I know I'm registered, and uh, and I know that voting is definitely something I probably should do, but I feel like that's just this whole social stigma that's like, mm, you're old enough to vote, you should get it done. I guess I haven't really informed myself enough this year to really make a conscious decision. I feel like I need to be informed enough to vote in the right way, so it's probably easier if I don't. And even those at the coalface of trying to get the youth vote out agree that it's all somewhat confusing. Laura O'Connell-Rapera is the campaign director for Rock and Roll, an organisation set up to encourage participation through gigs and events. She says the entire political process can be mystifying. People don't like to feel dumb, which is totally fair enough. I, in fact, don't understand a lot about it, um, but it's only because I've decided to engage in that process that I have been finding out more and more and realising how important it is to be heard. But unless someone um, actively goes to seek out that information, it's not really there for us, um, which makes it hard to engage in, in that whole kind of thing to begin with. Laura O'Connell-Rapera says a lot of young people contribute to society in ways that are removed from the political process. 
A lot of people that I meet who don't vote, because I have been actively going out to clubs to ask young people why they don't vote, are the kind of people that would write a rant on Facebook and they would easily spend 10, 20 minutes kind of really asserting some really strong opinion that they have. I think it's just not realising that that opinion is actually a political one. And I think that comes back to the fact that it's just this mystical process and there's not a lot of education around this, um, realising that, hey, you're really passionate about this. If you voted for X, Y or Z, then that voice could perhaps be represented in a way that would create tangible outcomes in the world. Rock and Roll is based on the US organisation Rock the Vote, which is credited with having a massive influence on the past three US presidential elections. Its board chair, Heather Smith, says as well as being new to the process and often not knowing exactly where to go and what to do, young people are often not in the political spotlight and then feel their participation doesn't matter. The political conversation and debate that's going on is often not about young people. It's not about their concerns. It's about their parents and their grandparents, who they love dearly, but it doesn't make it feel like it's about them. And, you know, I often think that's because young people aren't voting. So, of course, politicians won't address their issues, but it has the, the effect of ultimately um, depressing their participation. As well as rock and roll, there's a number of organisations looking at that declining voter participation. The leader of Massey University's Design and Democracy Project, Carl Kane, says today's young people are no less motivated than any generation before them. They are operating in this paradigm where they've got um, systems that were designed in the 18th and 19th century a long way from you know, New Zealand. Um, and they're the systems they've inherited, and there's this, there's this dissonance, there's this, um, this tension, this uh, disconnect between the existing systems and how they think. They grew up in a, uh, in a world where the, you know, the internet has always been you know, at, at their disposal. And more importantly, this, this reflexive um, assumption that they can talk back, that everything's a dialogue. You know, it's okay for me, I grew up with one-way traffic, the television talking at me. Um, we've got this new generation that have you know, grown up in, in a conversational space. So I think that um, it's, it's not the young people that are the apathetic. I think they're just uh, not being served by the, the, the old mechanisms and the old structures. One of Massey's projects, On the Fence, is an online tool to help people see where they stand on important issues using animated sheep and youthful language. Massey's Karen Stowers says they wanted to take serious subjects and make a tool that is both fun and useful. I think definitely it's working. I think it's provoking a lot um, and it's kind of, it's, it's challenging a lot of assumptions that people have about young people, about design and about um, how apathetic young people really are, because I don't believe that they are apathetic. I think a lot of young people really, really do care, they're just not really empowered yet. How, how are they showing you through the tool that they really do care? It's meant to be putting trainer wheels on the future for young people. I mean, no responsible parent would send their kid out on a bike and just say, have a go. Um, of course, a responsible parent would put trainer wheels on it and kind of push them along until they get the hang of it and then they, they go off. Um, so that's what On The Fence is trying to do, is trying to get them a head start, trying to get their head around difficult issues and create a, a lifelong search. He says the issues that are stoking the most interest include social and income inequality, health, education and the environment. These are things that in the long term, and the environment as well, these are things that long term young people are going to have to kind of if one day take over the reins and um, they really, really care long term about is there going to be a healthy planet for us to live in? Are we going to have homes to live in? Are we going to have jobs? Are we going to you know, have enough education? They do really do care about these things. 
Just under 100,000 people have visited on the fence since it launched last month, and it's helped at least one person decide to vote, but others aren't so sure. I kind of dumbed it down, essentially. I didn't have to read through heaps of shit that I don't really care about. I just answered a couple of questions, and it's like, hey, look, here's a couple of ideas. So, yeah, that definitely helped me make a decision and go, OK, maybe it is worth voting. A whole lot of stuff pre-election is going on about motivating students to vote and they've got Lord on the campaign, they're really targeting people and getting all these famous celebrities but they're not really doing anything that's making us want to because there's nothing that's going to benefit us post-election. If they really want our vote then they're going to have to come up with things that will make us want to vote. We're not getting anything but they are. There's heaps of stuff thrown at your face but unless you're motivated enough to have a look at it you're probably just going to let it pass by. Another Massey University project is Ask Away, a website where people can put questions directly to politicians, currently hosted on both thewireless.co.nz and radionz.co.nz. The site's designer, Meg Howie, says she wanted to make politics less of a campaign and more of a conversation. And she says people don't always care about what you think they might. Really cool to see um, things that obviously people do care about, getting a little bit of airspace and oxygen and quite cool to have that opportunity to learn a bit more about what the things are that people really do care about. Yeah. You know, sometimes people don't actually realise what issues there are that are going to affect them, but I think when they can go to Ask Away and see something and go, oh, wind prices, that's me, you know, that affects me, and suddenly it's about giving people all of this, you know, you can scroll through 50 questions in 30 seconds um, and just see what catches your eye and what you relate to. And so I think it's a really nice entry point to people for the conversation. Whatever we believe, whatever we think, what we like, or don't, what we say, what we do, however we live our lives, we are all equal in one simple way. <laughs> Every one of us has a vote. It's not about being right or wrong. Because it's illegal not to vote, eh? Um, it's, no, it's not illegal. Oh. Um, but um, it's definitely something that um, is encouraged. Um, and, you know, it's it's the way that you can put forward the stuff that, that you think is important, that you know. Back at Political Cuts, a new voter didn't have time for a fringe trim, but is handed an enrolment form and told where in his electorate he can go to vote on polling day. One of the people behind the project, Thomas LaHood, says he was struck by the fact that young women are the least likely to vote. We thought it would be really great to offer something that allows people to talk about something that essentially is seen as something undesirable to discuss and maybe take away some of the sense of, oh, I don't know anything about politics, therefore I don't have anything to say, and try and make people feel like whatever they have to contribute is, is valuable. It's definitely a reflection of the statistical reality, which is such a low turnout and such a low engagement factor. But that low engagement wasn't evident at a youth-focused election debate held in Auckland in the last week. This is the question. So if you were in government in coalition with um, either of the other parties, how would you prioritise the New Zealand action on climate change and what actions would you take to make that a government priority? It was organised by three community leaders, 18-year-old Isabella lenehin Iken, 15-year-old Matariki Roche and 22-year-old Agnes Wong. Isabella lenehin Iken says they wanted to make sure that young people had a chance to be heard. So often, you know, if we go to different, like, 
public debates. It's only those people with the loudest voice or who are the tallest that actually mm. get a chance to ask. And so that's why we said, if you look over 30, we're not going to give you a microphone because this is a chance for our generation to ask questions. She and Agnes Wong agree that engagement, a word that's used a lot when it comes to encouraging people to vote, isn't just about turning out every three years. It's about like getting involved in politics throughout that three-year term. And I think that is why us three are really in support of civic education, because it means that young people have a way of getting involved with politics all the time, not just every three years. I guess the other thing is, is that we're so fortunate to be able to have a say, so why not actually use your say and to use it to vote? And it's not so much about like whether you should vote left or right or what sort of like party or what sort of policies. It's more like we have a democracy. We're lucky enough to be in a country that is willing to accept people's opinions and to encompass everyone's vote. And for many young people, ticking that box is the least they can do. So I, f I feel like it's really easy to see politicians like puppets, but if we can look at it as this is our one shot to have at least a little say, then that's something in itself. No matter what opinion you, you do have, it's so important to express it. I just think it's a good opportunity to take, since we're kind of privileged to be able to vote. It's never been a question for me whether or not to vote. Like, I'm not a hugely political person, but I just know that that's a thing I, I do every three years. Voting is not the be-all and end-all, but it is a huge way to make change. It's an easy way to make change. Voting is powerful, and that's pretty sexy. So are all the attempts to connect with young voters paying off? Just over two weeks out from the election, close to 190,000 people under 30 were yet to enrol. Auckland University's Jennifer Curtin says it's not just about young people turning out. The political parties need to step up. We can ask individual young people to turn out and hope that they do, but it's much easier for political parties to be the ones to take a stand. Now, one of the things that the research overseas shows is that young people as candidates, even though it's symbolic representation in some, part, in some ways, young people are more likely to voice young people's concerns than older people. And so the more older people we elect, the more bias there is against young people in terms of the suite of policy choices and issues that get talked about in Parliament. Academics often talk about a cycle of mutual neglect in that young people don't vote, so politicians don't speak to their issues. Well, yeah, we talk about politics a fair bit, but I think a lot of young people probably don't. There's quite a lot going on about it at the moment, but yeah, a lot of people we know aren't interested at all. I don't think it's so much disillusionment, it's more unawareness of what's going on and unawareness of how policy changes directly relate to people's lives. This is why we're supposed to have politicians, isn't it? I mean, to help us crunch the numbers and things like that, but really I feel like it is starting to get into like a careerist thing where it's for their career, not for the actual help of the rest of the country. I think I've become pretty cynical. I don't think I would be saying you have to vote, you've got a responsibility, and I don't think I would be saying don't vote, it means nothing. Meg Howie hopes Ask Away will go some way to reversing that trend by forcing politicians to answer young people's questions. If you can see that actually parties do care what people have to say and are responding directly to them, then that's a really positive thing and a really good message to be sending to young people. 
The question on Ask Away that has seen the most votes is about climate change and politicians' responses to it, followed by economic inequality and, surprisingly for Meg Howie, religious instruction in schools. Rock the Votes' Heather Smith points out that politicians play to the people who they know are going to vote, so theirs are the issues that get talked about during a campaign. You know, that's the point of a democracy, and we think if, as young people, if we can force them to address our issues and force them to campaign to us by showing up, uh, we can actually change, one, who, you know, those in office, who they're accountable to, and to the issues that do get addressed. Jennifer Curtin suggests that there's actually something wrong with the political system if there's nothing in it for young people to engage with. But she already has her mindset on what happens after the election. While we're all busy trying to turn everyone out this election, to think about how to keep those people engaged in the political process between 2014 and 2017. We don't have to see it as a one-option scenario that the voting is one thing, but we can still do the youth movement, we can still try and change things, we can try and have citizen juries or forums or deliberation um, in between the elections. I mean, I think the thing is is that, that some of these intense political participation options require... Um, you know, attention to poverty and issues like that because people who are materially not as well off as other people have less time for politics and we have to be real about that. University of Canterbury's Bronwyn Haywood says she's still not expecting a huge turn-up in the vote. She says even with all the campaigning and advertising, it's still hard to get people to register. This dirty uh, kind of campaign and the discussion and the easy excuses of politicians that, oh, everybody does it, I mean, that's actually sort of serving to reinforce the problem. But the really big thing we need to look at is what's happened to income and social inequality over the last 30 years and how, especially for this generation who's grown up in this period, um, how that's affected their attitudes and confidence and trust and feeling that they can affect the future and that those around them will also listen and respond to them. Dr Haywood says to get people to vote, parties have to offer them a future that's worth voting for and it remains to be seen if any parties have convinced young people they can do that. I'm Megan Whelan. And I'm Al Hunt and that's Insight for this week. If you would like to contact us, you can send an email to insight at radionz.co.nz or send us a tweet at rnz underscore insight. I wrote and presented that program with Megan Whelan. It was produced by Philippa Tolley with technical production by Brian Marnie.